0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Read and React. I'm Ben Ladner and joining me on the other line to discuss what has been a hectic and chaotic trade deadline. John Sauber, how you doing, man?
1: I uh, So I you probably didn't expect this given the joyous mood I was in just now as I informed you that we will be touching on every trade that was made, all 16 of them for what it's worth over the last two days. But I have a take. Okay, great. We're starting off strong. I'm out on Daryl Morey. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's not the take I was expecting from you. I know. I'm out on Daryl Morey.
1: Out Uh, on Daryl Morey. Yeah. It just like, so, I mean, there's still the buyout market and we can, we'll talk about that too at the end of all of this, but, and we'll talk about it in conjunction, conjunction with a lot of these guys, because you can tell pretty much who's going to get bought out of each of these situations. But right now the Sixers are planning on going into the playoffs in a pretty dire year. We've talked about this a lot, the importance of this season with Montrez Harrell as their backup five, uh, and a struggling Tobias Harris as the starting four. And well, I, thought we, I thought we I thought we were back in on Tobias Harris. He's shooting 30% from three since December twenty fifth. Ah. Uh, so yeah. And he's shooting like three or four times a game. Last night against the Celtics, he pump faked one. No one was near him. He was yeah. pump faking a ghost. And then the old, he, the old he, Tobias. Yeah, and then he did a step back into coverage. <laughs> like, there was a defender to his left, and he's like, let me step back in front of him so I don't have to shoot this.
0: The D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, well. We'll talk we'll, about uh, him momentarily. Yeah, we'll- I didn't expect this to be the place we start. I Let, let me say first, um, if listeners couldn't tell, I am currently getting over a slight head cold. So, you know, the the nasally voice is even more nasally now. Uh, secondly, I should say at the, at the, at the start here, that you can follow John's work covering Penn State athletics at the Center Daily Times, um, as well as on the Nitty Gritty podcast. Make sure to like and review and subscribe to this podcast. Share it on social media. Share it word of mouth. Whatever it is, um, spread the word about Read and React. Help us, you know, kind of grow the audience and and say nice things about us. Essentially, that's the that's really what we're saying here when we do these. And, and by the way,
1: plugs. if you want to say mean things, it's okay. Don't. Just yeah, just choose not to. That's just great. don't. <laughs> Yeah. It will it will hurt my feelings. So now,
0: now that that's out of the way, we do have a lot to discuss. We've had so many things kind of trickle down the pipeline here. Uh, we've I, I think had, think obviously, we gotta, the trade deadline. Kyrie made his debut a last one. night for the Mavs. LeBron broke the scoring record. Lots of things are happening here. Where, where do we start here? Like, what, how Listen, do we make sense of all of this?
1: We have to start with something that is... It's been the talk of the NBA for years now, right? And that is that John Collins is still, an Hawk. still in Atlanta Hawks still in Atlanta it is it is the listen it seemed like for a second and we'll, we'll get to this straight later the, the warriors trade when uh when Sadiq Bay and James Wiseman are on the move I was like oh like John Collins is going to end up like on the warriors and then I was like no actually he's he's still hawks going to end up guy. on the hawks that's the way, way uh, it goes he is still on the Hawks and Furcon Korkmaz, who requested a trade for this That's right <laughs> time <in> his career, <laughs> remains on the Sixers. My favorite Korkmaz anecdote is – not even anecdote – is that he uh, requested a trade and then signed a new deal in free agency after requesting the trade we didn't even and, talk about
0: the furcon corkma's trade request i that's know how much, it, that's how busy this deadline has been yeah
1: it is listen man that is the funniest shit ever like that this <laughs> he keeps like it's i imagine him like going to dare and honestly that's why i'm mad at daryl make furcon happy but no i, I like I, I imagine him like walking in like his agents like go request a trade and he's like i don't want to. he's like go request a trade and he like meekly peeks in he's like hey daryl um can you like can you trade me please i'm I want to go. <laughs> and then Daryl's like, no, absolutely not. He's like, yeah, that's what I thought. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, right, that's I'll fair. see you later.
0: Let's start in Phoenix. I feel like that is the logical place. Well, yeah, because
1: uh, it's at the top of the list that yeah. I gave.
0: <laughs> and and given, you know, in the last episode, we talked about Kyrie. Yeah, We kind of talked about where the Nets going. I think we both agreed. You keep it together with KD. You ride out kind of what you have with him and Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, I'm still, like, even now, I'm still kind of trying to figure out in my head, okay, like, what does a team with Dorian Finney-Smith and Nick Claxton, you know, look like around Kevin Durant? Now they have all these yeah. new pieces, and how does KD fit with all that? And and apparently the Nets were not in agreement with that because the next day or two days later, I wonder, they went I ahead if and shipped were.
1: over to, to uh, Phoenix. I wonder if they – I wonder how much say they had in that, right? They seem to – it was reported that they worked together with KD to do it. but And Brian Windhorst, I I believe it was Windhorst, said this on uh, ESPN's Trade Deadline Special that he wondered if Kyrie would be a Laker if him and Durant had gone and requested trades at the same time. Because if that's the case, you take the Lakers' two first and you move on, right? You don't go get DFS. You don't get Spencer Dinwiddie. Um that's not what happened right like they got we i mean just to go through the trade details the phoenix got kevin durant tj warren tj warren ended up back in phoenix by the way it's it's one of the funniest things that that was my first thought too yeah Yeah, like because it wasn't reported first that he was in the deal and then i saw he was like oh no (laughs) but still very funny uh and then brooklyn gets mikhail bridges cam johnson 23 25 27 29 unprotected first round picks and an unprotected swap in 2028 um, I, I think the place to start with this is obviously Phoenix. I, I feel like I've been a takesman. I said, we actually, so we recorded the nitty Gritty earlier today and it's uh, me and Tim and like a team of and all that stuff, like people on the call and all that. We're just talking NBA and stuff like that before and after. And I fired the takeoff that I was going to say for here, but you know, I did, uh, I, I tested the waters first, yeah. uh, not being recorded and said that I don't know that, I don't know that Phoenix is like an, a surefire inner circle title contender because of this. I don't know who's yep. going to defend anyone on that team. Um, I don't know who's going to like, who's the is TJ Warren or Tori Craig, the fifth starter. And that's a worrying sentence. That being said, they are probably in possession position to attack the buyout market better than anyone. But as things stand right now, like, yeah, they're better. Or are, are
0: they that much better? I, I don't know. Like, if Chris well, Paul... and like, who are they getting on the buyout market that's going to be able to fill the need that they have on the wing? I mean, Danny Green. Yeah,
1: right? maybe like, Danny Green. But, would I mean, be helpful. are you
0: counting on 30 something year old Danny Green coming off an ACL? To don't defend... disrespect
1: Danny Green like that.
0: I mean, I love Danny Green. I, I thought he looked good the other night against, um, yeah, I, I They're playing, I but think... the Grizz were playing someone. I thought he looked good. It was. It I was the whoever balls. gets
1: Danny Green is gonna be. You know that might be the big get of the bio market. But no, you're right. Like, and then like I look at some of the deals that were made, right? Like Sadiq Bay, uh, going for five seconds essentially, or going for really James Wiseman. Like, how was Phoenix not involved with that, right? Like, how do you not just stick your nose in that? Houston just taking Justin Holiday because Atlanta didn't want him anymore because they needed to dump money. Like, how are you not getting involved with that, right? Like, there are. There's so many, it feels like, and even you know, a guy that I criticized last episode, but Josh Richardson, like someone like that, like there are guys out there that could help you and fill that need on some level. Um, and they kind of they did the they made the most important trade, right? Like getting Kevin Durant, and then that was it. Um I I hate to be the guy who's constantly like Phoenix makes these enormous trades that really help the franchise. And I hate being the guy that's me like, well, we'll see. Yeah, but the like control. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's the same thing again, like with with, with the Chris Paul trade, it's like, all right, well, you have a window, and you better hit, because if you don't, it's a disaster. Like, Kevin Durant's 34. Chris Paul is 38, 37, whatever he is now, and kind of washed up, as you and I have discussed. Um, DeAndre Ayton's not very good. They don't have much rim protection. For all of the talk about Kevin Durant being a better defender this year, a lot of that was Nick Claxton, right? And a lot of that was you know, Claxton improving the defense and Durant buying in a little more, but not doing nearly enough. And you, it's not like you can like, who's guarding Kawhi, who's guarding Luca, who's right. who, who's guarding Luca because guarding this has anyone. been an, who's guarding
0: literally no, but like
1: specifically Luca. This has been an issue for them. <laughs> like yeah. and one that they've now made harder on themselves. Like, I, I don't know, man, I, I hate being this guy. Like, I, cause it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I am going to watch Phoenix a, a ton. Like, I'm not saying this from a standpoint of like, like, oh, I'm just second guessing for for the fun of it. But I really do think like this this isn't as impactful as I think they're hoping it will be. Um, and I, I think shrinking the window is not so much the issue here. It's that you're not you usually want to shrink the window to increase the odds drastically in year one. I don't think they're the favorite to win the title, right? And I think oh, when not you give even up, close. Yeah. And when you when you give up this much, I don't think they're the favorite to win the West. I agree. Right, and make the finals. When you give up this much, you need to be right. When you when you go this all in on on this core, you need to be. And man, I'm happy for mikel Bridges. Get him a little bit closer to Philadelphia. He is the most from here athlete of all time when it comes to Philadelphia. Uh, dudes at like Phillies games and Eagles games and stuff. But uh like for the the Suns, like getting rid of mikel Bridges is going to have an enormous impact that I think people are kind of just glossing yeah. over.
0: No, I th- I think you said it when you said that they gave up too much to improve their odds not enough i think that's exactly right to me they're giving up like you said they're just giving up too much wing versatility wing depth and and perimeter defense i mean they're putting a lot now on deandre ayton and and even on kevin durant to to anchor that defense and maybe now that durant has booker and chris paul next to him to help lift the offense he can buy in more on defense but you know he's in his early 30s now getting toward his mid 30s he's never been like a great, great defender. And I think in the last couple of years, especially since the injury, he's never really dialed it up to that level or been able to sustain that high level of defense. So I just don't know what this team looks like in the playoffs as a defensive unit. Like I think their offense can be really good, but I'm still not even convinced that they'll have like a top three or four offense going forward for the rest of the season. So, you know, like you said, I wouldn't pick him to come out of the West. I don't even know if I'd pick them to make the Western Conference Finals as things stand right now. Of course, that could change when we see them. And if they look unbelievable and somehow they're defending and papering over all of these concerns, I'll change my mind. But for now, just in theory, I, I don't know that getting Durant lifts them, as crazy as it sounds, with for a team that now has Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I don't know that that lifts them into the offensive territory that they would need to be in in order to overcome what will almost certainly be a below-average playoff defense.
1: Luca. To, yeah, Luka's going to eviscerate
0: them. You know, like last year against the Mavs and against, like theoretically against when they played the Warriors in the in the regular season, Mikhail Bridges was the guy holding that entire defensive scheme together. Whatever success they had on Luka, to the extent they had any, whatever success they had on Steph in the regular season, to the extent they had any, was because Mikhail Bridges was so good that he's able to be that point of attack defender that kind of ties the rest of the defense together from the point of attack now they lose that guy, and they don't have the help side defense to like make up for what they're losing. Not to mention Cam Johnson, another big body who can defend on the perimeter.
1: Jay Crowder, who obviously wasn't playing for them, but boy, that that looks even dumber now. By the way, like isolating him and not just let him start because right now you know who they could really use: Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Yeah. I mean, and he's by the way, the he was included guy. in this deal. The reason I didn't mention him is because he also was shipped off in a later deal. We'll get to that later. Yes. I do. I did. But I just.
0: I. I don't see maybe Phoenix is just so good offensively. It doesn't matter, but I think defensively they're in that territory where it actually is going to be hard for them to get stops in the playoffs. Like I think even, even more so than the Mavs who we said last episode are going to have a really time, a really
1: hard time stopping people. I just realized you were going to see the Suns play the Hawks tonight. So, right. You go into that game. That's correct. Uh, boy, have fun. I <laughs> wonder if kd will suit up. Some places take you away.
0: Well, I mean, I'll just add the Suns have ranked fourth, third, and now fourth in the NBA in long mid-range frequency since oh, Chris boy. Paul got to the Suns. Yeah, this is
1: this is what's going to make this team tough to watch sometimes. You
0: have to. Well, I don't know, though, because they now do have three of the best mid-range shooters in NBA history. Well, two of the best in NBA history and then yes. Devin Booker. So, or, and, and it also, be and like, and Chris brutal. Paul is like not as good at it anymore. Sure. You know, but, Booker but like, is probably better than Paul at this point. It's, it's easier to watch them take mid range jumpers than like the bulls.
1: Yeah. Right. Who, them, you know, the, the hyperactive bulls, by the way, who did absolutely nothing yeah.
0: or the clippers, uh, but Arturis but, my, really killing it. My point is just to say that this is now going to be team mid range and you have to think that yeah. you're going to catapult to first place in that mid range frequency metric. Um, I'm kind of, like I said, at the top, I'm just kind of confused. Well. I don't know. I I just kind of wonder whose decision it was for the Nets to trade Durant. Did, did they kind of see an Avenue here and say, I think it
1: was reported as Durant went to them and wanted to move to Phoenix.
0: Yeah. That said, i like the return that Brooklyn got here. Like I think, I do too. I think they got a decent amount and they, they're now kind of in good shape to build something on top of this. I mean, we'll see whether they keep Ben Simmons long-term. I probably think they won't, but they have some interesting pieces where like if, I don't know who it would be, but if there's a star out there who who kind of shakes loose on the trade market or the free agency market in the next couple of years, the Nets are kind of a good landing spot. And assuming that that star is not going to decide to completely blow up the infrastructure that the Nets are planting are are laying to receive them, like Kyrie and KD did, I think they're now in pretty good shape, you know, as a as a free agent destination or as a trade destination.
1: Yeah, no, they are, and and I think the interesting side of this is like. I know there are already no excuses for Ben Simmons, but now it's like laid out to bear, right? Like you either show up for the rest of the season and kill it because you have four shooters around you at all times, or three in Nick Claxton, like at all times, all guys who can guard too. Um, so they should—they should actually be a good defensive team, by the way. Like the, some of the lineups they get try out there are going to be nasty on the wings. I think they'll still be a playoff team. I do too. I think yeah, they'll I, still be in yeah. like the Raptors, Hawks, Knicks echelon of team. Are you are you ready for a nice fun take? Yeah, always. My primary ball handler with the, with this team would be Mikel Bridges. Heck yeah, and I would just I would just let him figure it out more because he's already killing it, it. doing that.
0: Right? Couldn't yeah, they kind of already... do
1: what the Raptors have been trying to do? What? Couldn't they do what the Raptors have been trying to do? I mean, sort of, but like Ben Simmons complicates that, right? Because he's so passive. Like, there's no one on the Raptors that's so like scoring averse that, like. Well, just in terms of the like sized
0: wing heavy lineups, yeah, we're just going to yeah, switch yeah, everything like, and play Royce O'Neill yeah. and Dorian Finney Smith and Ben Simmons
1: and Mikhail Bridges at the same time. Yeah. And put Claxton out there too, who could switch yeah. everything. Super with. rangy. Like, yeah. 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 And, but I, I honestly would replace uh, Ben Simmons with another wing if I were doing that, if I'm being honest. Uh, who gets farther in the playoffs, the Nets or the Suns this year? Uh, that would be trolling if I were to answer it that way. Uh, I think they're gonna to get to the same round. I think they're both yep. gonna get bounced in the
0: first round. I, I think that is first or second round. I I think both of them are either first or second round teams, which yeah, kind of tells you all you need to know about what we think of this trade.
1: Yeah, and, and like teams. and part of it for Brooklyn is like they they'll probably fall a little, right? Probably six or seven rather than five um although cam thomas gonna be a lot of fun too by the way dude's just gonna shoot constantly but phoenix right now is the five seed you know who they play in the first round oh i looked at this today is it the clippers the mavericks (laughs) (laughs) which is like the ideal scenario uh and honestly they're probably gonna rest kd some during the regular season booker and paul have had injury injury issues so i don't know if like this is gonna help them that much in the regular season, which is not the goal anyways. Like I'm not that's not a criticism of it, but I just think like their seeding might not improve because of it. So yeah. you can't even be like, well, oh, at least they'll get a play-in team or something. But that
0: also I think I think that actually touches on an interesting point here because you know, KD and Chris Paul especially are older guys. You yeah. make this trade because you think the window is now. But as we saw with the Nets, as we've seen with the Clippers, as we see with a lot of these teams nowadays, these I think I've called them before microwave super teams. You can't just throw the guys out there at the start of the playoffs and expect it to work instantly. That's just really hard. And that's even harder when you don't have a walkover in the first round, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, if if, if you're not the the first or second seed. You need time for these guys to build chemistry, for them to learn each other's games. Unless you're just so dominant, like the KD Warriors, where it just doesn't matter and the fit is seamless. KD's out right now. Like you said, Booker's out right now. Chris Paul, you got to figure they're going to manage him, manage KD a little bit. Even Booker, who's kind of dealt with some chronic injuries throughout his career. I could easily see this being a team that, when healthy, looks really good and kind of gets it together for five or six games at a time in the regular season, but just never has enough time to really coalesce before the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like the Lakers a couple of years ago where maybe a couple injuries happen, or even if they're healthy, they just... They they can't really, like, get things to click in time to get out of the first or second round, and then they go into next year, and they're a year older, and all of a sudden your window starts to shrink a little bit, kind of like what's happening to the Clippers right now. Like, I think they've kind of put themselves in a Clippers position here.
1: Well, even even like worse than that, Duran Paul are much older than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, like, with Durant, similar
0: injury histories, not, not quite yeah, as bad and- as Kawhi, but in that same kind of ballpark.
1: So next year, assuming that they're not going to win a title this year because of the chemistry stuff, although, like you said, there isn't a star that can easily more easily coalesce than Kevin Durant. Like, I don't think that'll be the issue. Yeah, but there's a world but the, where they win the title this year. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely def- a possibility. The defense is like disastrous. Yeah. Right. Like that would be my expectation. So then next year you're looking at 38 year old Chris Paul with half a guarantee, basically 15.8 of his 30.8 guaranteed. I'm not entirely sure they should decide to bring him back. Well, I was going to say, if you get to the point where if they flame out this
0: year, like it sounds like we both expect them to, and then you're left with Paul, Booker, and Durant, maybe that's when Fred Van Vliet becomes available, because we'll talk about the Raptors in a second. They didn't really do anything at the deadline. Maybe, maybe Van Vliet is more of an, a target when when it, the, the offseason rolls around, and if they decide that Chris Paul isn't going to help them win a championship in the Durant window They go out and get a Fred Van Vliet and they kind of reset their timeline a little bit or push it back. That's that's a possibility. So they have a little bit of flexibility here just in terms of the Chris Paul aspect of it. But bottom line is they're tying their window to Kevin Durant. As long as he's really good, they're going to have the opportunity to build a championship caliber team around him. But it, that's dependent on his longevity and based on where he is in his career. And he looks great this year, but just based on his age and his experience and injury history, you have to figure that's not going to be an endless window.
1: Well, and, you know, let's say, uh, b- by the way, I don't think they can just go get Fred Van Vliet um, next year on the books because Kevin Durant's going to make $47 million, $47.5 million. Um, between him and Aiton, that is mm, 80 million in cap tied up. With Booker, that's 116. With Landry Shammut, that's 126. There's no room for Fred VanVleet, so it's got to be well, signed. I mean, I, w- I was ball. thinking that some of those guys would be part of that trade. Well, I mean, how? What's the what trade makes Phoenix okay though, or makes Toronto okay though? Like, right? Like they're not going to want Aiton around that Aiton contract, Aiton and, like Aiton and some picks. They just traded for Pirtle for a reason. It was already reported that's that true. they're going to try and re-sign him. You know, like what? What's the incentive? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe that does that. That's a good point. Maybe that makes. It and less so feasible like, for Phoenix. they're not just tied to Kevin Durant. They're tied to Chris Paul, uh, unless they can find a way to get value out of them or, you know, uh, something in the off season, fully guarantee the contract to do that. Cause to trade him, they'd have to fully guarantee it. Um, so yeah, they're not exactly in a good spot to do literally anything else. Um, and so now you're stuck right and I'm not stuck to be clear like they like you said they could legitimately win the title this year uh but to me this just didn't increase those odds enough the the, the reason i tra- changed the order of the trades though is because i think this is a really interesting question yeah. who's top 5 or whose whose roster would you rather have right now and we have more information on this now that the lakers have made trades who's would you rather have between phoenix and los angeles right because i'll, I'll just lay it out this way lebron and kd are in the same tier of player I think that's a, you know, that's fair. One might be like two spots ahead yeah. if you did a top. R- roughly around, but the same. Roughly the same, uh, bringing the same value to the court right now. Anthony Davis is better than Devin Booker. Pretty significantly so. I would when say. healthy, yes, no question. Yeah, yes, which the, and the health is obviously a major issue,
0: although it has been for Booker too. When healthy, you could argue Anthony Davis has been the best player of this entire group this season.
1: Right, which I think is important for this discussion too. The, uh, Lakers also have D'Angelo Russell, who uh, you and I will talk about this. I don't hate him there as much as I'd hate him in other locations. That was an interesting trade. Yeah. And that, that's why I moved that up to be the next one we talk about. I would rather have D'Angelo Russell than Chris Paul right now. And I know that's like seems crazy, uh, especially given the the hate we've levied toward Paul, but that's more about Russell's fit with the Lakers than than uh than paul's fit and then you start getting into the depth and then it's like all right well deandre ayton is better than like lonnie walker it's like sure yeah that's fine or sorry no 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 deandre ayton and jared vanderbilt and malik beasley right like the best of that group is probably ayton but beasley and vanderbilt aren't providing much less value right like the the drop-off is not big and then whoever you're leaving between beasley and vanderbilt is better than you know tory craig or tj warren They added Mo Bama today, who I think will actually help the Lakers quite a bit. And I think that's a really interesting move uh, to go get him. That'll be helpful. Devon Reed, they added another wing today. And so like you you go through the list of guys that the Lakers got. And despite them being the team that was like, oh, they missed out on Kyrie. They had to settle for this deal. I think their odds of winning a title are better than Phoenix's right now for me. And I think like, yeah. I th- like and that's strictly based on like looking at the talent. That's not to mention the fit, by the way, and like how they're going to play, um, the avenues they have to winning. By the way, just to you know to make sure we put it out there, that Lakers trade that happened Wednesday night, right? Uh, the Lakers got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, the three players I just mentioned. The Minnesota Timberwolves got Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander Walker, in three seconds, and the Utah Jazz got to buy out Russell Westbrook. Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and the Lakers 2027 first round pick protected one through four, that if it does not convey becomes a second round pick. And man, like that, that, that feels like such a huge win for the Lakers, right? Like to only give up one of the picks to protect it top four, I would have done that for just Beasley and Vanderbilt. Well, I and think that you didn't one... even mention the biggest benefit for them. They don't have Russell
0: Westbrook getting off of Russ. Yeah, that's why I said Utah gets to buy out Russell Westbrook. That's massive. Um, like just not having. Mean, I know we've done a lot of crapping on Russell Westbrook over the years, but seriously, to just not have Russell Westbrook on that team, they're going to be better. Is going to be huge. Not to mention the additional value that D'Angelo Russell, a guy neither of us has been high on historically, provides over Russell Westbrook. Yes. I mean that in itself. Is absolutely massive. Now, I still don't I, want, I do want to love you defense my defense very much, other than A, uh, Anthony Davis. That's kind of the only guy they have, oh, but Jared that's, Vanderbilt. That still is more uh, Vanderbilt, that's true. My only problem with Vanderbilt, who I really like defensively, is it's just hard to play him with LeBron and AD. They made it work with Russ and Tom Bryant. Like they're right. That that's not. the thing. But but even then their offenses weren't great. You know, so like they're going to have to decide if we want to have offense or defense on the floor. And if the answer is
1: offense, I don't think they can play Vanderbilt with those other two guys. So two points real quick. The one criticism I want to make of the Lakers in this deal um, before we get into all the positives, because I think this is largely a very positive deal. They should have just taken Mike Conley and taken the Wolves out of this trade. The only thing I can think of. Other wanting than Russell long term like that to me, that's maybe they just like Russell
0: more. Yeah, but maybe maybe getting Russell instead of Conley was the only way to also get Vanderbilt and Beasley. I don't know why that would be.
1: Yeah, there's no reason for but that. To maybe there
0: convinced. was something in the in the negotiation where they couldn't have gotten those two guys unless you, they took. But if it were me, I would have
1: much. I'm, I'm with you. I would have rather had Conley than yeah, Russell, Minnesota. No Minnesota did not need to be in this trade, essentially. They, there was no. um there was no need because Utah had to send more stuff to Minnesota to get it done. They had to send a Alexander Walker in yeah. two of the seconds, or it might've been all three of the seconds. So like, there was no reason not to just get Conley. I do understand on some level, like just wanting, okay, Russell was younger. This is a piece we'll have for like two or three years. Right. Like sure. and clearly they're probably not going to dip into free agency as deep as I think some people may have expected, or they could let Russell go if they can get someone else, uh, which I think that adds to the flexibility here. But like, I don't, I really don't hate the Russell fit with this team, right? Like he'll spot up and shoot. He's not going to defend well, but Anthony Davis cleaning up after anybody, everybody anyways. Um, The mid range stuff is not as much of an issue because when he goes to the mid range, like they're going to be open because teams are going to be worried about LeBron and AD. Um, So that's, that's less of a problem. Uh, To go back to what you said about Vanderbilt, though, real quick, the other point that I was going to make, like I said, Vanderbilt, no more of an issue than guys like Bryant and Westbrook were. And he will play how you want and like if you have to play with another non-shooter, he will play how you want that guy to play. He'll play with energy. He'll crash the glass. Yep. He'll defend real hard. That was the issue with Russ. It wasn't that he was a non-shooter. It was that he was a non-shooter who was going to shoot a ton. Vanderbilt yep. won't do that. Who wouldn't try unless he had a free rebound on the glass. Vanderbilt will go hard at the glass on both ends of the court. Who wasn't going to defend and couldn't defend any positions. Vanderbilt can genuinely guard one through five. One of, like I was really sad that he ended up in Los Angeles for me, Sixers fan perspective. But this is going to be a lot of fun with him in los angeles can guard one through five and then beasley is just your run of the mill like well the other thing with vanderbilt
0: Vanderbilt also moves without the ball cuts you know like you said crashes the glass really good lebron uh, teammate yeah he, he adds value without the ball despite not shooting which is which has become more and more in vogue i think among like players around the league are becoming smarter about that russell westbrook was not one of those players he just he didn't do anything unless he had the ball in his hands and he couldn't do anything without the ball in his hands as a result.
1: Yeah, and we can do this real quick before we uh, keep talking about this trade. So Russ probably going to get bought out by Utah, right? Have you seen the two rumored destinations so far? I have not. Would you like to guess at the two desperate teams that could try to do this? They are both currently in the playoffs. Oh, God. The Knicks? No,
0: no, no, they have Brunson. They wouldn't do that. I need to retrain my brain not to think of the Knicks as one of these teams.
1: Yeah. They would both be hilarious outcomes to me. We've mentioned one of the teams so far. The Clippers? Yes. And that is like Paul George evidently is recruiting Russ to go there. The Clippers did not trade for a point guard today. The other is the Miami Heat, which good luck. That spacing
0: will be fun. I don't see the fit. Well, and also like, well, okay, that could go one of two ways. You could either say, well, Russ doesn't buy in defensively. So he's not really a heat guy. Or you could say, once you get him into that heat culture, he's going to start yeah. <laughs> trying defensively. You, you yeah, never know which way me, that cuts. Something tells me, Russ ain't going to be changing that anytime soon. The Beasley element of this is really interesting. Cause he, I mean, the, we've talked to death about the fact that the Lakers are starved for, for three point shooting. He gives them some of that. He gives them not only spot up shooting, but movement shooting, a guy who can come off screens, move without the ball, shooting 36% from three, this year on pretty high volume and over the last three years, he's 37 and percent on eight and a half attempts per game for over the last three full season or two plus seasons. That's good. That's really solid. And, and playing next to LeBron, he's like the perfect offensive fit with LeBron doesn't need the ball. Can't really do much with the ball anyway, but just a really good movement shooter who can play without the ball and, and will shoot when he's open yeah. Yeah. yeah he oh, will he, shoot yeah.
1: like this is a this has been a problem for guys that are theoretically shooters but don't necessarily go up and pull right away he will uh just like I want to go through this Lakers lineup because I think this is like we talked about how horrible the depth was with this team right so the starting lineup I think probably pretty clearly right now is D'Angelo Russell Malik Beasley LeBron and Jared Vanderbilt at the three and the four Anthony Davis at the five. Right. That's a really good starting lineup. Like that's an NBA title winning starting lineup. You would assume then that because they were able to do this, do this, that depth is an issue. Now off their bench, Dennis Schroeder, who has been really good for them this season, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, Bonnie Walker, Mo Bamba. Those are good backups. Perfectly decent. Yeah. Yeah. Those those are all like reasonable rotation players. Like Reeves might struggle in the playoffs, but he tries on defense. Same with Schroeder, but like Hachimura, if if you know, might struggle in the playoffs. Lonnie Walker should be fine in the playoffs, like because he's going to defend. Um, you know, we we talked about Vanderbilt how valuable he'll be in the postseason just because of his ability to to play, you know, one through five defensively. Bamba, I think, should be good in the playoffs too. Like, you know, right now I have seven, I would look at this and say there are seven guys that I trust in the postseason with a potential for up to nine. A week ago, I would have said they have two. Yeah.
0: Maybe two and a half. And and they have wing depth too. I mean, it's not, yeah, that's kind of the critical thing. It's not all guards. It's not all bigs. It's guys who, I mean, we talked about kind of the potential awkwardness of the Vanderbilt Davis LeBron fit, but outside of that, I think all of their best players can play together and they can play different configurations of those players. They, I think they can actually survive, like kind of survive with LeBron off the floor which hasn't really been the case for over the last few years. Yeah, you can do AD and four shooters. And, and Russell running the offense. I mean, you're not going to have a great offense that way, but you can at fine. least be competent. Yeah, um, I I think the Lakers got a lot better. This reminds me a lot of in 2018, another LeBron team when the Cavs just completely turned over their roster at the trade deadline and then went on to make the finals again. I'm not saying the Lakers will make the finals this year because the this is a different terrain than those Eastern Conference opponents were, but this kind of has... So, you know, this is a little reminiscent of, of that deadline to me. You realize you have a bad roster around LeBron and and you it's nothing drastic. I mean, they didn't get out and get another star. They didn't do anything like earth-shattering. They just kind of added good players. They formed a competent and Got coherent roster. And now they're a functional
1: basketball team in theory. Yeah. And and they're they're two games back of the 10 seed right now. If they make the plan, I feel pretty good that they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, that like this is clearly one of the most talented teams, you know, in the NBA uh, from a top of the roster standpoint. Now they have real depth. Um, they have a reasonable shot to get into that four through six range. They're four and a half games out of that, and they should finish the year pretty strong, assuming AD and LeBron can stay healthy, healthy, which is pretty big assumption at this point. LeBron, by the way, became the all time scoring leader the other night. We haven't said a word about it. Uh, I mean, not not a ton to say. He's the best player in NBA history. We've said that time and time again. So. Uh, I didn't feel the need to expand on that. Mm. Minnesota, I think the Mike Conley edition is huge. Like Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert know what it takes and yep. know how to work together. And they should be able to run that right back and be perfectly fine again. I, that's another team that I would expect to make the playoffs at this point, right? Like if you point to the teams that are going to fall off it's not those two right it's probably portland uh utah's already essentially not fallen out of the race but they aren't in the playoffs anymore as, as things stand the clippers could fall out which, which especially if they had Russ, uh which would be very funny um but yeah i would i would you know there is a clear target to fall out in portland and then the rest like everyone's kind of locked in you know to the top 10 now it kind of seems based on what their intent is or what these teams want and minnesota should be part of that group um Getting Conley for Delos is an enormous win. Getting Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a fun little throw-in in three seconds. Is like, dude, I don't understand why this is happening level stuff. Um, and Utah, yeah, they're going to buy out Russ. Hopefully he signed with the Clippers so you and I can share a good laugh for an hour and then publish that episode. Uh, and, you know, I, I honestly thought they'd get better value for uh, Beasley, Vanderbilt, and Conley than a single first that's top four protected. Um I can think of a few teams that probably should have just been like, no, we'll give you one unprotected in 2027 to to make this deal. Yeah, I
0: kind of thought all those guys would... The Clippers. (laughs) Right, and I thought each of those guys would maybe get more on their own than they kind of got combined. I think one of my predictions going into the deadline was that Mike Conley would be traded for either more or less than we thought he should be. So I, I don't know if you chuck this one up as a win or a loss on that front he got traded (laughs) so i'll I'll claim it you you know
1: you tried to both sides it and still somehow got ended up being wrong so yeah well
0: maybe i was right who knows but no no no, i like this for for minnesota i mean i've said many times mike conley still really good perfect fit with rudy gobert professional guy knows how to stay out of the way but can also be involved to the extent that you need him to be in minnesota i like no qualms with that addition for them
1: Boston gets Mike Mascala for Justin Jackson, two seconds from Oklahoma City. It's a sneaky good move for Boston. I don't – I although I think it is also an indictment of what they currently have. Like, do you trust Robert Williams and Al Horford to be available or to be good? Uh, if they're available, way. I trust them to be good. I trust Williams to be good. Horford's getting – like, there's some signs, right, that the, the end of the road is Yeah, here. but we've said this before. I know, Every I know. year
0: he just shows up in the playoffs and he's great. I'm just going to keep – banking on that. But this is a—I mean, this is a good move for them. Uh, like they...
1: Real quick, Will Barton is going to be bought out by the Wizards.
0: Oh, that's, that's interesting. an interesting
1: one. Yeah, and by the way, uh, also being bought out Dwayne Dedman by the Spurs. Uh, yes, after he was traded from the Heat.
0: Uh, after yes. he apparently got into an altercation with someone in the locker room at one point. Not totally surprising given Dwayne Dedman's track record. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I like the Muscala deal for the Celtics. I mean, even if he never plays, they have a better third string center, fourth string center than they did. He's a guy that they can put in the game and get good minutes from when they need it, but he's not a guy they have to play. He's fine. He's solid. That's it. And they upgraded. I mean, it's just like what, you know, Justin Jackson, one plan, Mike is yep. solid.
1: Good deal. Gave up only two seconds too. the next one. I think is more interesting uh, because it was the start of what I think is like a, a disaster. Again, is not a good word for it, but uh, like a pretty pathetic day for the blazers. Two days. Um, giving up josh hart getting back uh cam reddish ryan archie diakono sfima kailuk who they then later moved in another trade and a 2023 lottery protected first i think it's the wizards first i don't remember whose it is it's one of those first that the knicks had it might be the knicks own, for all i know uh that turns into four seconds after one year so like, this was such a disappointing trade yeah like cam reddish can't have that much value right like I don't know. I Josh Hart like doesn't even help the Knicks that much because he's like so duplicitous with what they've got. Duplicitous. Dupl- duplicitous. Duplicative. Du- yeah, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, with what they have. I love Josh Hart, though. I really wanted him to go to a team that I don't know was going to matter down the stretch here. Uh, he clearly did not. Uh, Cam Reddish, like I said, is not going to do much. Ryan Archie Diakono has a special place in my heart from those Villanova teams. That's a lot of fun. But yeah, Portland just like selling off anything of value Sorry, Portland selling off anything with a little bit of value that doesn't help them at all with their return. That's what this is, right? Like, yeah, uh, I I don't get it. They also traded
0: Gary Payton the second to Golden State as part of a four-team deal with Detroit and Atlanta, where James Wiseman went to Detroit, Sadiq Bay went to Atlanta, and then Portland again. I why think on- did
1: no one in that deal just ask for Sadiq Bay for the things? This is this is like the the Mike
0: Conley thing. It's like why not just go directly for that guy. Like- Listen, I know you love GP too, but
1: Golden State should have just taken Sadiq Bay. I disagree. I know you do.
0: <laughs> but, but, point is, Portland, on the, I think on the losing end of that deal as well, they end up just getting five seconds and Kevin Knox. By the way, Kevin Knox, lots of deals today where the teams <laughs> gave up five second. what is so the deal seconds. So many seconds. Everyone giving up five second round picks.
1: The Bucks gave up five second round picks for Jay Crowder. Toronto getting Jakob Pertl last night. I think pretty clearly signaled that they weren't going to do anything else. And again, just a dumb decision, flat out dumb. Uh, This team's going nowhere. Uh, They're not doing anything in the playoffs. Uh, It was reported by Sham Sharania on the trade deadline show that he was hosting. I don't know what channel, whatever it was on. It was on his Twitter page Uh, that Toronto and Chicago, once KD got traded, saw an opportunity to, or saw an opening in the East. And I'm not sure where they think that opening goes, But I can tell them that it does go to a first-round exit, if not a play-in exit. And uh, congrats, guys. I hope that's a lot of fun for you.
0: Yeah, I was surprised by Toronto this deadline because it seemed like, I mean, obviously, everyone kind of thought that they would move their guys, thought that they should move their guys. But it also kind of seemed like there was a lot of interest in OG Ananobi. And there was maybe even a bidding war starting to break out for OG Ananobi. Fred Van Vliet seemed like he had a market. Based on all the reporting, it seemed like they could have gotten some good stuff for their guys. Maybe they just felt like, you know, they would take, you know, just like a king's ransom to get any of those guys away and they weren't gonna trade them unless they got just a, a no-brainer win of a deal. But I don't know. For me, just adding Pearl and doing nothing else is kind of just like like taking the middle ground. I just don't know where you're going with that. Um, and especially what you, they probably could have gotten for OG. And, you know, I think we both kind of wanted to see OG go to a team that was really going to matter in the playoffs this year. That's not going to happen now. And we'll see what happens in the off season. Maybe they, they revisit the trade market. Then maybe they retool around what they have now. And they, they feel like they have a chance going into next season, but I was a little disappointed with their inactivity at the deadline because I just, I don't think it's leading them. Like you said, it probably just leads to a first round exit. And what's the long-term outlook after that?
1: Yeah, and, and and Pirtle, if if the reporting is true, which we have no reason to believe that it's not, given that it probably came from Pirtle's agent since Wood reported it, they're going to resign him, and then their whole experiment of long athletic wings kind of just ends, and now the fit gets weird with Scotty Barnes. I think and Yaka it should Pirtle. though. Yeah, it should, but not with the Pertle. <laughs> yeah, you need you <laughs> right? probably like, want some more shooting. Yeah, because you have Scotty Barnes and you have Pascal Siakam, right? Like the, this does not help the cause there. So yeah, I just think. And, and San Antonio, good for them. Although I think the first they got in 2024 from Toronto was top 14 protected. I couldn't find this for sure. I swear I had seen that somewhere. But yeah, I you know I thought this was a – it's not as much about this trade. It's more about the, what it prevented from happening for Toronto. Yeah. All in all, bad. By the way, for
0: people who haven't already realized, some symmetry here with Jakob Pertl going back to the Toronto yes. Raptors. He was part of the Kawhi Leonard trade back in 2018. He fills a need for them. I think they, they had kind of a hole at center, but now it's like once you fill that hole, this is the problem with having...
1: You've a, complicated an already bad offense.
0: Right. This is the problem with having a hole at center is most centers are not going to give you a ton shooting-wise. And so if you fill that hole, in all likelihood, you're going to get someone like Jakob Pertl who can't shoot or really help you offensively. And so now the guys that do help you offensively don't make as much sense because they're now
1: playing next to a center who complicates their fit on offense i just like i think it's probably just going to be an aimless addition for a franchise that at this point and i think masai Giri has earned a lot of praise but at this point seems aimless but i digress one of those other laker trades tom bryant uh favorite of this podcast yeah. getting shipped off to denver to back up nikola Jokic for devon reed in three seconds again the lakers had a good wing the, the nuggets had a backup five i think this is value for both teams yeah you know, I, I I like again, three seconds for Tom Bryant. Like, I don't know why Denver had to go and do that, but whatever to each their own. I don't think this one is gonna change much, other than I don't know if you saw, but Bryant requested a trade because oh I did the, see that. Because yeah. Anthony Davis yeah, saw a bunch of minutes after Anthony Davis was taking his minutes. Yeah. And and like when you take that with him sealing his guy on LeBron's record breaking shot, like like he's gonna get the ball there, it's like yeah, it's all kind of checks out. Like, LeBron, I, I got position. I have inside position. Yeah. You think he went up to him afterward. He was like, dude, I was open. Didn't you see me under the basket? Yeah. And like, probably like meant it. Like, LeBron laughs it off and he's like, uh, next time, give me the ball. Yeah. Got to reward your big man. <laughs> all right. That trade, that's all that deserves. The next one is the continued f- or, uh, Portland depressing trade <laughs> decisions. Uh, they get Matisse libel. Uh, Charlotte gets Svima Hiluk from Portland, uh, who was rerouted there. They got their own second back from Philly this year, which is actually a really good second. 2027 20, second from Portland. Then the Sixers get Jalen McDaniels, a 2024 20, second from the Knicks, and a 2029 20, second from the Blazers. Uh, why is Portland not just taking Jalen McDaniels? I don't know, I was, but I like this for Philly. Yeah, I do too. He was but one like, of the guys we threw out as a Cavs candidate to fill in yeah. the, their hold to the three. He's he is. So he's not the defender thigh boys. Uh, he's also more of a sturdy defender than thigh boys, though. So like while he's not going to add as much value, he's still not going to screw over as much either. Yeah. Uh, and he's a significantly better offense player like Jalen McDaniels, is pretty good. Um, good enough that I think the Sixers, the big benefit here is that they can resign him like maybe they would have had to with Thibel, but they can do it confidently. Maybe it's like, I don't know, three years, 24 million, something like that, like the Martins got. Like, I think that'd be a perfectly fair contract. Again, if if I'm Portland, I just take McDaniels and I say, thank you, and then I move on, right? Uh, Matisse Theibel, I guess that's the Josh Hart replacement in Portland, maybe, he, or the GP. Well, he's replacing Josh Hart and GP2, apparently. Uh, yeah, it just feels, again, like Portland is like, you had an easy thing to do here and you just chose not to do it with this one. And the other one, it's like, yeah, maybe just keep Josh Hart, who is good and helpful. Yeah. Nothing more to add on that. What's the next one on the list? Uh, one that we said would happen, and everyone said would happen. Of course, it was going to happen. Jay Crowder going to the Bucks. Yep. Uh, the five Nets seconds. originally got yeah. The Nets giving up are getting five seconds, and the Pacers sneaking their way in. By the way, to get Serge Ibaka, who they're gonna they're gonna buy out Jordan Wara, George Hill in two seconds. Nice little job by the Pacers there. They they uh, bought out Gogo Badata to do that. Nora is a nice little player, though, and someone that I think Milwaukee might miss a little bit. And listen, Jay Crowder hadn't played basketball in a while. Uh, this is this is maybe not the time to give up someone that's a part of your ro- rotation to go get him. But I guess you got to do what you got to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, Nora wasn't enough of a piece of their rotation to real. I mean, like when you, when you're talking about the playoffs, who's going to matter for you in the playoffs? Nora was yeah. probably not going to be a guy that mattered for them. This is basically the PJ Tucker trade from 21 you add the big versatile sturdy wing defender who can also be a capable team defender and you know they they know less about Crowder than they did about Tucker he's probably less reliable given that like you said he hasn't played in a long time you wonder if he's going to start in Milwaukee like if the problem was that he wasn't starting in Phoenix he's now going to have an issue not starting in Milwaukee but he could close for them he could be kind of like if they go ultra big or positionless or whatever you want to call it he's probably going to
1: start Right. It's got to be Drew. He called I Middleton mean, the two. I mean,
0: whatever. I don't it is, know, like, man.
1: Like, what are we calling Middleton anything right now?
0: I, point is,
1: Drew, Middleton,
0: Crowder, Crowder, Giannis, and Lopez. I mean, yeah. or, or you play Giannis at the five, quote unquote, Crowder's your four. Whatever you want to do, he can fit into closing lineups and important lineups for them. And it's just like Jordan Wara was not going to take them from where they were to That's fair. where they needed to be. Jay Crowder may not, but he might. And so yeah. I, th- I think you make the bet there and you just say, hey, yeah, no, no, no. if he's what he's I proven like, to be throughout his career, then he's giving us
1: a solid guy we can count on in the playoffs. I would also rather simply just held on to him, right? Uh, which you just kind of don't have to involve Indiana then. Uh, and that you move other salary. Uh, honestly, would rather move Grayson Allen uh, than, than Nora. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was a nice little pickup for the Pacers to get someone that could be a rotation player um, for them. But yet, like Crowder is... You're right, the idea of it is similar to P.J. Tucker, but he's not as good as P.J. Tucker was when he was in Milwaukee. Um, before that, when he was in Houston, obviously. And he he doesn't matter if Chris Middleton doesn't start playing like Chris Middleton. None of this matters if Chris Middleton doesn't get his shit together. Uh, and I don't know if that's ever going to happen, right? Like, it doesn't necessarily look like it is. He's been looking better recently. I mean, sure, better, but like has not been nearly like the guy that they need him to be. So give them time. All right. Well, I guess as as you always say, you'll see when you believe it from the Bucks in May and June. I mean, they won the championship two seasons ago. They did. By the way, to go back to the Nets thing. I know we, we like to get on them for the uh, for not winning a title and only winning one playoff series. That title was theirs if Harden's healthy, like they're winning that title, uh, which sucks. Maybe so. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think probably pretty clearly because uh, they would have had to play the Hawks and the Suns, so uh, and him being slightly healthy definitely swings the series against the Bucks because it already went seven, uh, and into overtime in seven, so. Possibly. yeah. I digress. Next trade is one that everyone seemed to be talking about as a guy that would definitely go uh, Bones Highland to the Clippers for nothing essentially, a 24-25 I don't second. understand how they got nothing so for Bones Highland. Zach Lowe had reported, or maybe I keep mixing up who said this, apparently Bones Highland had become a problem. Right. Like in was. Uh, I had gotten that sense.
0: There's like the Murray tweet, which I don't know if that was about Bones or not, but people were speculating is this about Bones? And then Bones' sister chimed in and said something yeah. about that. Yeah. It seemed like there was. I also,
1: it's funny to me because this doesn't help the Clippers at all. It's <laughs> like, the last thing they need. Like, you just keep Reggie Jackson and don't move over for a Plumley. I mean, the best uh, thing like... this does
0: for either team is that it gets Bones out of the Nuggets rotation. I yeah. I think, I mean, he's was he, he was not giving them enough offensively to make mm-hmm. up for what he wasn't giving them defensively. And as we know, it doesn't really matter who you put next to Nikola Jokic. You're yep. gonna have a good offense. So you do you need a guy who's gonna take off the dribble jumpers at like an average rate and or make them at an average rate and give up a ton of value defensively. I'd rather just I mean, this goes without saying, but I'd rather just play Vlatko Chanchar more minutes. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I'd rather right, just now, throw Zeke Naji in there than live with now. Now
1: it right. is time to now it is time to move on to the next trade. Now that you've got Chanchar, and, that's and my take.
0: Honestly, best thing the Nuggets did at the deadline was clear more minutes
1: for Vlatko Chanchar. Well, and now I can't wait to transition from that trade into this one. So the Warriors get, as we mentioned earlier, yes. Gary Payton II. The, the Blazers get essentially nothing. Kevin Knox in five seconds. The Pistons for some reason add another center in James Wiseman. And the Hawks, who I actually think are the biggest winners of this trade, even though it won't have the most impact, it gets Sadiq Bay. Uh Sadiq Bay is the best player in this trade. Clearly. Like GP2 is awesome in his role. Uh, and will will add more value to Golden State than Bay likely will to Atlanta, but he's only doing it there. He it doesn't translate to other teams. Well, that's why you make your right. Trade. Yeah. Yeah. Sadiq Bay is good. <laughs> like it is good. And the Pistons said, No, no, no. You got that five over there that can't do anything, right? Like, let's take a shot on him uh, when they already have Jalen Duran uh, and Isaiah Stewart. And uh, I'm guessing probably not New Orleans Noel <laughs> once they can agree to a buyout. Uh, I would assume, anyways. Forgot Marvin Bagley. I did not forget Marvin Bagley. Um, I'm aware that he's there. And so, like I said, they have all the guys that I specifically mentioned. Wait, Marvin yeah, like Bagley this... and James
0: Wiseman on the same team. Oh god, that's a hell of a front court, man. I
1: texted, I texted the group earlier today, and this is tough. And I have to say it on the podcast now too. I'm out on the Pistons. I'm yeah, just,
0: that it, is. It's it's been a tough couple of years ever since you bought it. This is like like buying Enron stock in the early 2000s or something.
1: Yeah, just completely like, cratered as soon as like, you bought in. I it was more about buying into Cade, and I still am bought in on Cade. But you want to talk about next superstars Requesting trades I know he's in his second Year but that one doesn't feel like it's too far Down the pike like, I tuned into a Pistons say, Game the other night
0: and I gotta tell it's you it's brutal It was a rough
1: watch Killian Hayes Is better now than he was I will say that like Killian Hayes is like on the verge of being a Rotation player like he's got to figure some stuff out Like he's got to shoot yeah. off the catch but but uh, taking uh, That angle kind of tells you all You need to know With the lucky land
2: Slots, You can get lucky just about anywhere
1: Atlanta getting Sadiq Bay, super helpful, right? Like he's just going to help them defensively. He's going to help them as a shooter. I know he's he's kind of,
0: he's a little bit of DeAndre Hunter insurance too. Yeah. Like I'm starting to think it may just never happen for DeAndre Hunter. And if it doesn't, then now they have Sadiq Bay, someone they can count on. AJ Griffin's starting to look pretty good for them. Jalen Johnson's showing some signs. So they're kind of bolstering their wing rotation in a way that they're giving themselves more options if the guy they drafted fourth overall and traded all this stuff to get the right to draft fourth overall doesn't pan out and like, he'll be fine, but he's, he I'm kind of, it's not looking like he's going to be, you know, he's going to live up to the standard of a fourth overall pick. So adding another wing to that rotation makes some sense.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, like I said, he's good. He's helpful. Uh, this is probably not going to have any impact other than GP two on the title race and making me stop believing in the Pistons and honestly stop watching them until Cade comes back. I really like Jaden Ivey still, by the way. I really like Jalen Duran. They have some really good pieces. Troy Weaver has no idea what he's doing when it comes to helping with fit. And like, you can't develop these guys just by throwing a bunch of talent together. James Wiseman, even if he gets good or is better, it's not going to help. He can't play with Jalen Duran for yeah. a second on an NBA Now, I think
0: court. it will help him to get away from the Warriors and just be in for more sure. of a free environment where he can try stuff and learn on the fly and make mistakes. But hes is he going to
1: play? I don't know. I mean, he'll probably play. Jalen Duran is significantly better than he is. So is Isaiah Stewart. I agree. Stewart. I, they're oh, I both agree. young. And they're both young. Yeah. No, I'm like with you. I'm, I just think
0: he'll be given more of a chance to kind of make mistakes and do all the young guy stuff. I he just was don't know if he's going to
1: play enough for it to matter. And I think that's yeah, maybe not. Like, you know who should have done this? Like, San Antonio should have gone and got James Wiseman. Yeah. Uh, or even Oklahoma City. Especially after trading Pirtle. Houston should have done it. By the way, let's, let's relax with Alprin Sengun. and Schengen. everyone's acting like he's amazing already. Let's he's good. He he's good on offense. Yeah. And he's getting torched defensively. He's one of the worst defenders in the NBA. He's a better defender than everyone
0: else on the Rockets. I guess Eric Gordon's got
1: nope. Justin Holiday is a rocket currently. OK, so fine. But like I'm the
0: good. other young guys, he's the <laughs> dude. He's the best defender. Uh, Danny
1: Green currently a rocket, too. OK, count. OK.
0: The Rockets young guys. He's a better defender than Jalen Green kevin porter jr
1: and jabari smith not better than oh not jabari smith no, no, no. he's a better defense dude jabari smith is horrible defensively yeah but he's the athleticism makes up for all of it no it's also uzman garuba better defender uh than than uh Sengun is i digress while we're there with atlanta and houston i just mentioned it houston gets justin Holiday and frank kaminsky in two seconds atlanta gets what's that under the tax. What a what a what a maneuver. Let's all give a round of applause once again. Tony Ressler. He said he's going to pay the tax. He's going to pay the tax this year. Johnny's going to do it. I actually don't know if I don't know if I got them under the tax. It did save them a ton of money though cuz they got Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando. I think they were over the
0: tax to begin with.
1: Yeah, I don't think. But I I well, I think this allowed them to take bay in, maybe. Yeah. Uh but this next year uh, though, the Hawks are going to pay the tax next year. Yeah, for sure. So that's the year they're going to do it. Uh Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando are not NBA players. Bruno, uh, bring him back. And uh, they gave up Justin Holiday, who I think, like, listen, he's like, his look an NBA wing as it gets, but like, look an NBA wing, and they got rid of one for no reason other than to save some money. So
0: Garrison uh, Matthews I, is
1: okay. I think he could help them. Not in the playoffs, like he's not. He's not a real
0: anything. Oh, they, they're not really in position to be worrying about that's. That's, that's actually true. <laughs> I mean, they got to make the playoffs point. first. <laughs> yeah, no, but point. Bruno Fernando, I'm with you. It's, also, I'm interested in that because I covered him when he was in Atlanta, and it's just funny that he's back in Atlanta now. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I think he'll make no impact with the. Hawks. Well, Justin
1: is also better than Garrison Matthews, and that's who you gave up to get Garrison Matthews. So, so like, that one's debatable to me. Uh, Holidays a better defender, like, and yeah, Garrison Matthews is a better shooter, but like, and moves more offensively. But I would rather have the defense of Holiday. Neither of them is making more than like the ninth guy in a playoff rotation, though. Um, to go to the one of the Lakers ones we discussed a little bit earlier, uh, Orlando taking on Pat Bev in a second. I assume Pat Bev will get bought out. I don't see why it wouldn't be he goes back to Minnesota, that'd be fun. Uh, the Lakers get Mo Bamba, who thankfully should be able to play. Like, Mo Bamba has played well when he's played this year, right? Like, I've never been like, oh, man, Mo is such an enormous bust, right? Like, he's always been fine. And if you give him minutes, I think he can be more than that. And, man, having him playing with LeBron seems like it'll be a lot of fun, too. Uh, you can maximize him in that way. And perfect backup five to AD, play him 14 minutes a game. I think he's going to have enough of an impact to be a positive value and, you know, improves the depth quite a bit. Yeah, what's next? The Charlotte Hornets take on Reggie Jackson, who again presumably will be bought out, and the Los Angeles Clippers get a plumley. You pick you any know. they want. Can, can, can you can you say which one? It was Mason. It was Mason. Okay. Uh, and that's correct. I was I was testing you. Presumably Maverick as well. I would I would guess. I mean, you got to assume uh, it's a package deal. Yeah, yeah. You, and maybe they're buying in to get a piece of the Maverick stock here, and we're like seven that's years true. away yeah, from yeah. Probably from, honestly, from that's draft entry. You know. Yeah. Like I said, Jackson probably getting bought out. Plumlee doesn't change shit for for the Clippers. Like I have no idea why they did this. Like, would he's been you not have this year? On this team, he's going to turn it over forty five times, and he's going to have the ball if he has. Fifty possessions with the ball in his hand. He's going to have it the ball in his hands for forty nine. Too many possessions. Well, th- this is why you do it. He's
0: he's a center who can run up and down the court and is seven feet tall.
1: Yeah, but when he gets the ball, he keeps it. Like or he's like always oh, he's like trying to get that assist. I I understand
0: that. I, listen, I'm not a Mason Plumley guy, but if there's a team in the NBA that could actually use Mason Plumley, it's the Clippers because they, their only center was Avita Zubac. He was the only one.
1: Then go get literally anyone else. I would there just are, say
0: go get literally anyone, and Mason Plumley is anyone.
1: Or, or, but you don't have to I mean, I guess giving up Reggie Jackson isn't much, but like, go sign a buyout guy. Like, the, they like Dwayne Deadman is better than Mason Plumley.
0: Yeah, I, it, it at that point it doesn't really. It's 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 literally just a guy who plays from center. That's fair.
1: Next up, New Orleans gets Josh Richardson. San Antonio gets Devontae Graham in four seconds. <laughs> As we continue to just watch seconds fly around the league like crazy this helps new orleans i think i like this edition uh do you I think was teams- on the sorry go ahead i was on the like josh Richardson isn't as helpful as you think but i think in new orleans he will be right like the some of the 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 grittiness can help them a little bit defensively and like the it's not the skill stuff it's not him as a shooter it's not him as a passer it's not him as a ball handler any of that it's the grittiness he'll bring defensively he's also not as good of a defender as you see like as not you seem to think but as most people seem to think uh but i think in this scenario he'll he'll be fine maybe Devonte graham will just get to let it fly in san antonio that'd be fun too i think he will do you think these teams when they were negotiating these trades do you think a team asked, can
0: we get two seconds and the team and the and the other team was like, hell, take three, take five. I don't care. I mean, do you <laughs> like, think seriously? What it do seems, I care, yeah. <laughs> it seems like they're just willingly parting with these yeah. second round picks. Like, listen, do us a favor, get these second well, round yeah, picks off our hands.
1: So, like these really good teams, and New Orleans should be in that group. Milwaukee should be too. Um, trying to think who else gave them up. Uh, at, well, I mean, Atlanta a little less so, but like those teams, like those picks are in the 50s. Teams are usually selling those picks, which is dumb, by the way. Selling those picks again, I do not care about the financial ramifications. I care when it comes to like navigating the, the cap uh, financially, though it doesn't matter to me. Um, but yeah, I like, I assume it's because those teams assume those picks will be in the 50s. The next trade is actually one of my favorite ones. Phoenix gets Darius Bazzle, uh, who actually will probably play a good bit, which should terrify Phoenix. Uh, Oklahoma City gets a player better than Darius Baisley and a second in Dario Saric. And man, Dario and Giddy together could be a lot of fun from a passing and also cannot move their feet whatsoever standpoint. Uh, the ball should fly around the court in Oklahoma City. Oh, not not to mention, of course, Jalen Williams, by the way. Like, I, you know, not to leave him out. The good one, but I, I don't have to clarify this. I know, but the yeah, good no, one. we
0: know which one you're uh, talking about.
1: Like, they're going to be so much fun. Oklahoma City is. And I'm just happy that Dario goes somewhere where he's probably going to play a good bit. Uh, Remains one of my favorite players. Uh, A lot of fun to watch. And I hope that the ACL recovery eventually, like, he can get there to where he was pre-injury. Because he was good. He's really good. Really helpful.
0: Yeah. Great fit. At a position, I think, of need.
1: You know, they have a lot of guards,
0: a lot of wings, a lot of ball handling types.
1: Can play with Chet Holmgren, too. Yeah. Can play with a lot of people.
0: I mean, he's just a versatile... I remember a few years ago when he, I think when Chart was a rookie, Zach Lowe compared him to Boris Diaw. I don't totally see like a one-to-one comparison there, but he he is kind of similar in the sense that you just kind of plug him in. Has a little bit of positional flexibility, and he just fits because of his passing and his IQ. So he's going to help them a lot. And again, a guy who can play with guys in their front court, he kind of bridges, you know, their their ball handlers with their front court guys. And especially losing Mike Pascala helps them fill some some important front court minutes now too. So I, I don't think OKC really drops off at all. If anything, they make it a little bit better after this trade deadline and they've positioned yeah. themselves. And, and Charge is a little younger, I think, than Mescala. So they're kind of setting, their getting a, a guy who's kind of more on the timeline of the rest of their team. And um, yeah, I love this for, for OKC.
1: One more deal that will include presumably 50% of the players involved getting bought out. Uh, that is the Los Angeles Clippers getting Eric Gordon, Finally, Eric Gordon's going to play meaningful basketball. I really hope it's not next to Russell Westbrook. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies getting Luke Kennard and the Houston Rockets getting the rights to buy out Danny Green and John Wall along with swap rights. So in 2023, they have the Clippers pick. No, they have the Bucks pick and they can swap that with the Clippers pick if they would like.
0: Yeah, I like this deal. It's good to see Gordon on a good team and uh, we'll see where Green and Wall end up.
1: I don't know that it's going
0: to matter where Wall
1: ends up, but we'll see Wait, where Wall ends up. I think it – I just thought, thought of this. Danny Green to Cleveland would be pretty nice. Well, well that's that, actually
0: a, a good transition here because I want to talk about Cleveland. and Real and, quick, uh,
1: Luke Kennard, please take Dylan Brooks' minutes. Anyways, continue.
0: Yeah. that. Well, okay, th- this is also good because the Grizz are part of this group of teams that I want to talk about. With, with Like you mentioned, the Grizz, they add Kennard, but that was really their only move. The Nuggets move Bones Highland, but that was really their only move. The Pels. Uh, they, got,
1: they got Tom Bryant. You you should have that, That's
0: true. I shouldn't, I shouldn't give him short shrift. Uh, the Pels traded Devontae Graham, got Josh Richardson, but but nothing really like to shake up or really bolster their team in a meaningful way. So you have the Cavs, the Pels, the Nuggets, um, and who, who and the Grizz. Four of the teams that we identified in our preview episode as teams that should be most active at the trade deadline, specifically on the OG and Anobi market, obviously OG did not get traded. The Raptors you could throw into this kind of group of inactive teams as well. What did you make of that group of teams, specifically those teams in the West plus the Cavs standing pat, as opposed to making more of an all-in move that could help them win the championship this year. Is that just, we're waiting to see who comes available on the buyout market or was that I mean, we don't know. Maybe we don't know what the negotiations were like behind closed doors. But what what was your impression of those teams not making the move for the type of player that we thought they needed?
1: It's a wasted opportunity, uh, especially for Memphis. Uh, I respect that they believe in their scouting and they cling to their like young guys and picks. But given the prices for some of these guys today, there's no reason they instead of getting Luke Kennard, shouldn't have just gotten Eric Gordon, like straight up offered the like a first, you know, or a swap like like the Clippers did. Uh, there's no reason. They shouldn't have been able to go out and get like even Jalen McDaniels or Jay Crowder or, or Danny. Well, I mean, they had Danny Green on the team, like giving up Danny Green, like is weakening you on the wing. Why aren't you trying to get Malik Beasley or Jared Vanderbilt? You know, why aren't you involving yourself uh, in, in these discussions for Josh Hart and maybe even Cam Reddish? Like they need help on the wing. They did not get it. And I think it's a wasted opportunity for Memphis specifically. New Orleans, it's different. Zion's coming back. Like I think it doesn't matter as much because of that. Um the Raptors, we already talked about that, the waste opportunity. Denver, I think they'll probably be in the buyout market more than anything. I think Memphis is the one that blew the opportunity today. By the way, I will say I like the Mavs trade for Kyrie much more for them now that like KD is gone and like we've seen some of the prices for guys. Like they essentially got Kyrie Irving, who again there is combustibility here and everything. I fully understand that for the price of like, I don't know, Eric Gordon and Jay Crowder. Did you
0: watch their game last night? Kyrie's I Mavs watched bits debut? and pieces of
1: it. So I was covering a Penn State uh, Wisconsin game. I did. I was streaming it and I watched the end of it. Uh, uh, I need to see it with Luca first. Like, that yeah, yeah, me. of course. But man, he looks so good. Yeah, he's really good. We know That's, that, though.
0: Dude, I know it. I was I was telling it's, Cam it's, this. Yes, last night. we don't have to do this again. I know
1: it just Everyone knows it it
0: it sucks Wisconsin. so much that he's that. Yes. just he is the way he is. Because on the court, I mean, you could talk about his limitations and maybe he's overrated by, you know, certain pockets of the internet. But man, that guy is a good offensive basketball player. I mean, last night, he's he's making, he had a, a back cut, like he was trying to come up for a DHO, the defender's overplaying the DHO, so he back cuts into basically like a flare cut to the corner. And on the move, catches, goes right left, moving to his left, up for three, buries the jumper, on the move, nothing but net like insane, insanely hard shot that he makes look super easy. He's making extra passes. He's I was gonna say when he wants defense. to be, he's
1: also a good and active passer. When he, he wants ter- to be terrific
0: but... connective play, like he, he doesn't have to dominate the ball. He was cutting. You can see how it could work with Luca because of his off-ball prowess and the way he can work on and off the ball he just moves so seamlessly between on and off ball roles and he just does so many good things on the court offensively and and the craft and the artistry that he displays and then he comes out and he says all the stuff and he says, it's just
1: so unfortunate yeah. that he's such a weirdo <laughs> he he didn't say anything that bad after the game i don't think that was
0: no 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 i'm no i'm talking about oh, yeah. in general like yeah. like with the general kyrie yeah. Stuff it. It just sucks that we can't watch him as a basketball player because he really is such a fun offensive player to watch. But we just have I do to. think it, There's just all the other baggage that comes with it. But man, on the court, do, when his head's in it, I'll say this: when his head is in it, the Mavs are going to be unstoppable offensively. Yeah, the and Kyrie the, the defensive issues night, remain though. Like yes, the, and the,
1: the the other thing is like he's got to play right, and he's, he he's got to be in it. Yes, but like I, a lot I of caveats. Think,
0: but when the Kyrie, when, yes. when Kyrie is locked in and caring and available. He and Luca are going to be one of the best offensive pairings we've ever
1: seen. We just don't know how often we're going to see that. Right. Uh, But I do think like when, after getting to see them play together here in the near future, hopefully I think I'll probably be higher on the trade in the short term, at least for them um, with the hope that like, maybe he just is good now, but how many teams have said that before? Okay. I think that's it. Have we covered everything? Covered, I believe all 16. Uh, Just, Electric stuff today. I do want to, like, because I have to do this. I do think Jalen McDaniel is going to really help the Sixers. Uh, I, agree. I know we, I know we glossed over that, but if they don't fix the backup five, it doesn't matter. And man, to watch KD leave the conference for them to pretty much stand pat, make the most minor of upgrades um, when Milwaukee goes and gets Jay Crowder, Boston gets Mike Maccala to shore up their one weakness, like, and you have this glaring hole on your team. It's malpractice.
0: Just so happy that Gary Payton the second is back. I know Warriors. you are shut up. He, he's got to stay healthy. I'll say that he's not been healthy this year. So I'm I'm kind of
1: oh I'm that's probably... the other thing. Uh Chris Haynes reported that Dame Lillard was not going to be traded like randomly throughout the day, which like I think we all expected. But like Portland, like what, just do it. Just trade him. What they, are you doing? They're not, we've 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 covered this topic. I again. know, but what are you doing? What I, I don't know. Jeremy Grant is good. Like, why are you not trying to move Anthony Simons? At least? oh, they're, dude, it makes They're, me they're operating right, I don't, yep, in a different. Yep. I don't mindset. want. To, I don't want yeah. to do this myself. Yeah.
0: I just want GP two to to get healthy and and be productive. I'm yeah. just I'm just imagining the
1: GP two Dante God, Divincenzo is screen cuts. I know. This extra is, passes. This is gonna suck so bad. And the first screen plays for them again, and you're just not gonna shut up for like 30 minutes of an episode. I'm just gonna, like gonna have to go eat dinner while you keep talking.
0: I'm I'm telling you right now. There's going to be a play. Are you going to some... be
1: more excited to watch the Warriors with GP2 or the Suns with Kevin Durant? Yeah. I'm going to be more excited to
0: watch the Nuggets with Vlatko Chanchar in a more prominent No, no, no. Don't
1: you, don't you dodge it. Are you going to be more excited to watch the Warriors with GP2 or Kevin Durant with the Suns? The Warriors with GP2. And are you going to be more excited to watch the Warriors with GP2 or Kyrie Irving with Luka?
0: That one is is closer. Still probably but... the Warriors with GP2.
1: I hate you. All right, listen, it is what it is, man. I'm more excited to watch Russ with the Clippers. Like, I would, that'll be like, you, you can't turn away, right? As it's all, like, going up in flames. If that happens, uh, which is my hope, then I will be locked in on that for a while. Like, I'll watch Clippers games. <laughs> it's like, just to listen to, like, the broadcast scene and be like, what have we done?
0: <laughs> and
1: there's another long
0: mid-range jump shot. And, and that one Kawhi caroms is... off the rim.
1: Kawhi is not showing any emotion, but he's now just sitting on the court. He's is no I am longer looking forward taking to part.
0: seeing all the different terms, the, the, the different phrases that Brian Seaman can come up with to describe missed mid-range jump shots yeah. on the Clippers broadcast because he is one of the not best. Not just missed, like badly missed. To me, he's one of the best in the NBA at using active verbs. Like the way he describes things, like he'll, someone will get a rebound, he'll say, he sinks his talons into the rebound, things like that. He's one of the best in the NBA at that sort of thing. So I'm very eager to see if Russ indeed ends up on the Clippers to see how many different descriptions he can use for the same act of missing a mid range jump shot.
1: I honestly thought that. Russ would get bought out and then we'd have this reckoning where it's like, oh wow, no one wants to sign him. Like this is crazy. And like it would be kind of crazy, but it would be something like where you and I'd be like, yeah, no, this is where this was always trending. But like as soon as maybe it's maybe Russ is doing overtime and putting this out there. But for the Clippers and the Heat to already be interested, is like, jeez. Oh, yeah, there's always someone, is, man. Is nobody watching the Lakers? I guess not. The Clippers share an arena, they don't even have to go far.
0: Speaking of the Lakers, we touched on this earlier, I know, but did you have any additional thoughts on LeBron breaking the scoring record? It's awesome. He's the best player ever. I thought it was a really cool, like I thought it would be a cool moment, and it was an even cooler moment than I expected it to be. Yeah. Like it was it was oh, it reminded me of the last night of the 2016 season when Kobe scored 60 and the Warriors got their 73rd win on the same yeah. night. And it was it just kind of felt like one of those moments where you you could feel the entire nba world kind of locked in on the same thing and i'm texting all my friends like i was texting with friends from college who i don't really talk with that often but like this was a thing that it was like this is significant and kind of like a a a really like where were you when it happened kind of moment for nba fans you know fun
1: fact i was that the warriors and, and kobe uh, night i was at a Phillies Padres game, and then uh, caught it at a bar in Philadelphia.
0: See, a lot of fun. and you remember yeah, that from cool. seven years ago or whatever it was, you know. And yeah, I think this is going to be one of those enough. He, like I think I'm going to remember where I was standing in my apartment as LeBron hit the shot, and like it's Tuesday it's one of those night, things. I was
1: once again at a bar. There you go. <laughs> like I think this is maybe maybe I need to reevaluate some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I just
0: I mean thirty eight thousand three hundred eighty eight points, and now he's at three hundred and ninety. But I mean that is so many points in 19 plus seasons. And like people say oh it's
1: the longevity and it, but it's the longevity it's all of it. It's it's, it's the, the guy game. is the best player of all time. And by the way, he definitely this the magic of LeBron and this is I think a good place for me to leave it anyways is that he definitely went into that game and decided he was going to break the record and get 36 points. Let me be clear, an NBA player decided that he was going to score 36 points in a game and then he simply just did it before the end of, of the third quarter on efficient shooting. Yeah, on
0: efficient shooting. That's the thing. He just, was, he just
1: decided to do it, and then he did it.
0: That was it. He was not chucking. He was chucking a little bit at the beginning, but by the end, he was not chucking. He was getting to the foul line. He was getting to the rim. He's getting a bunch of and ones. You don't do that with – I mean, people have given their retrospectives on LeBron already, so we can keep this short. But it, it's not just the longevity. It's the versatility. It's It's the improvement that he's shown as a jump shooter, as a ball handler. I think sometimes we pay so much attention to LeBron's physical – dominance, his force, his power, his explosiveness, speed, strength, that we sometimes forget he's 6'8", 6'9", and has a super tight handle. His jump shot has become a real weapon for him. He can shoot from kind of all over the floor now. He has incredible footwork. He has inc- like in- an incredible arsenal of scoring moves for a guy his size, really just for anyone, but especially for a guy his size. I think sometimes we gloss over the more technical aspects of LeBron's game not just the mental side, but the more nuanced physical side, because it's so easy to pay attention to his athleticism and his strength, all these physical attributes. Um, but it was just really cool. Yeah, like the, I got to say,
1: he's the best player to ever play the sport.
0: And, and I'm sure for you, you felt the same way because we're pretty close in age. But as someone who has basically followed LeBron's entire career, yep. and whose whose interest in the NBA has basically been. LeBron's career like that's kind of when it started and, and now it taken it up to now. So as long as I've been in the NBA, LeBron has been dominant. You know, it's just been a constant thing. So it's really cool to kind of watch this unfold to you know, see this guy kind of come onto the scene and now he's the all time leading scorer in NBA history. It's just been really fun to follow his career and, and to see him have that moment. I did think it was weird that they stopped the game with 11 seconds left in the third quarter. To have like this big ceremony and then they're like all right let's finish the third quarter now <laughs> finish the game it's like are we okay i guess we're just gonna pause this and pretend like they won the championship for five minutes and then kareem's gonna give him fine, the
1: ball and yeah i think it was worthwhile to do that though
0: yeah i'm just saying you could have waited to the end of the third quarter i mean next dead ball yeah, something true. like that <laughs>
1: true. but he wanted to have it in the moment right like you yeah. wanted yeah to allow him to feel what he was feeling and everything too Yet, hopefully people no. can just stop bickering about LeBron now. Let's just accept they won't. This what is he is and move on. My one of my favorite photos is of the shot, the one where you see Tom Bryant sealing off his defender, definitely thinking he should get the ball. Uh, Phil Knight is sitting there, and like you see all the phones up and everything, the flash bulbs, and like Phil Knight's just like taking it in. Yeah, and that and I'm not going to be like the old man yells at cloud like oh and kids all had their front whatever, but like that's very much how I handle that stuff. Like when Bryce Harper hit the home run in the NLCS. I didn't have my phone out. I don't have My buddy recorded for me because he's a good friend. I'm the same way. Uh, Yeah. I I just was there and I soaked it in and I remember all that, you know, and I do have video of it because my buddy was kind enough to do that, but I never asked him to. Well, Well, and also
0: you can just go on YouTube and find find broadcast of it. it.
1: Yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like I said, I was glad. Like I just, I like to soak the stuff and it was cool to see Phil Knight just like kind of smiling and watching it happen. I thought that was a really cool photo. It was a great um, moment. Kareem also say Kareem wrote a great article on his sub stack about LeBron you, passing him. And you can, you can just stop that Kareem wrote a great article on a sub stack and you can just talk about that in perpetuity. Dude, that guy it's unbelievable. He's great. I
0: mean, yeah, just does not miss whether it's the sky hook or incisive social commentary. He just, he does it all. seems like a really great dude. Kareem come on, read and react. Yeah. Good, good luck. So congrats to LeBron. Congrats to the Lakers for actually, uh, Turning into a functional basketball team, we think.
1: At this well, yeah, and, and LeBron, LeBron sitting out tonight against the Bucks—pretty well deserved. He may as well just wait until the new guys get there and then go yeah. from there.
0: Yeah, let the re. I think tonight's going to be kind of a, kind of a tough NBA slate. That's well, the
1: games, the games that we have. Uh, we mentioned Suns Hawks, which is going to be the worst team of all time for the Suns, uh, and then we get Denver Orlando, which is going to be pretty tough. Chicago, Brooklyn should actually be pretty good because Chicago didn't do anything. Right. Uh, and Brooklyn, actually, Brooklyn doesn't have any of those guys yet. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then we have Milwaukee. Oh, man, this is going to be brutal. A- everyone's this gonna...
0: waiting on the reinforcements to arrive. Am I just not going to watch it?
1: The NBA tonight? No, I still
0: watch it. I'm watch. lucky enough to have a ticket to Hawk Suns tonight. So
1: yeah, so you were you were going to be held captive yeah. and forced forced to Fortunately, watch. Fortunately,
0: at least I have a, a reasonably good seat. Yeah. And all I had to pay like, for up, it was five assume... second round picks.
1: I assume that's a good one. Uh, I assume the uh, the seat is the reasonably good seat is defined as like facing away from the court looking at literally anything else.
0: Yeah, my seat is actually one of the chairs in the State Farm Arena barber shop. That's where I'm sitting
1: tonight. That wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. At least tomorrow it picks up. Right. We get hopefully some of these guys will be in the new places and we can watch. Well, I know sometimes it takes longer. Usually it's you know a couple of days maybe it'll be until saturday but listen just...
0: sometimes you got to go through a couple of days of uh, mild boredom to get the reward and i think well, we're looking at is it's
1: like the all star breaks also coming so it's well it's well like...
0: after the all star break that's when the reward will be we're we're looking at a situation where an already great and super intriguing nba season is going to become even more interesting as we head down the stretch that's our reward for having to you know kind of grit grit our teeth and and get through these next couple of days before the all star break and uh yeah, as all these guys kind of reshuffle and get accustomed to their new teams. So uh, as that happens, we will, we will continue to keep everyone listening abreast of what is going on in the NBA. Um, continue listening to this podcast. We would appreciate that a lot. Like rate, subscribe, whatever you want to do to help support the show. That helps out a lot. If you want to share it on social media, we appreciate that share it by word of mouth. That helps as well. Uh, make sure to follow John covering Penn state athletics at the center daily times, Follow me covering the NBA periodically at The Step Back. John is also, I should say, on the Nittany Gritty podcast with Tim Frazier. Um, And of course, both of us are on this podcast all the time. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone, all the way to the end and bearing with us, uh, even as I gutted my way through this cold. Uh, Hopefully, that wasn't too annoying to listen to. Everyone stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Stay hydrated. Get plenty of sleep. And John, I'll talk to you later.
1: Talk to you soon.